0: To the new activists on the block. I'm Sarah Anderson. We're back. Uh, hey.
1: Michael Waglinski here.
0: I'm writing we're back. We're I know. Back. To little fanfare and no announcements.
1: Exclamation so. point, right? Everybody knows. <laughs>
0: um, yeah. Hey, y'all.
1: I think we were missed.
0: We were mi- We Well, truth be told, at least one person told us that he heard that other mm-hmm. people missed us so I don't well, really know if, I we, mean I guess he's probably not lying
1: we yes <laughs> we, <laughs> well, it's summertime
0: yeah it's summertime we were away you gotta enjoy yourself in the summer especially
1: we had an awesome trip my family went to Utah and Yellowstone it was great interesting story about it ties into West Virginia as we stopped at a, uh, a little kind of, dive bar bowling alley in um, Montana, which is the least populated state in the in the whole country. They have the smallest uh, population density. I think there's six hundred thousand people total in Montana, and it's ginormous. Huge. So you just drive, and it's like nothing. But we we find this little. We're looking for a rodeo because there are, were some rodeos around, but not on Saturday night for some reason. And we went to, we so we found this bowling alley, and we started talking to the people there. And it was really interesting, because out there is um, oil wells are everywhere. Like, when you go, you drive through these, like, desert areas, right? It's all flat. It used to be under the ocean, and now it's up. Same kind of crap we have here. And there's just wells, like, boom, 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 boom. So many of them. But, like... The coal mines out there are closing. The you know, So it's like we were talking with the people there and it's like exactly what we have here in West Virginia. Like It's no different. Their education system's not doing great. They don't fund anything to help the people who work there and they basically pin their whole future on the extraction industry. And mm-hmm. the people there have like nothing. It's just like poor working people. And they're the one plant that was local that employed like 600 people, which was basically like everywhere. Uh, just one day announced they were closing.
0: Right, that was recently, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they were
1: just closed. Yeah, and so it's basically like they some of the stuff we were trying to order for dinner, she was like, "Oh, I don't have that." Apparently, they were basically operating as like a soup kitchen out of this because they were like what? this. Yeah, they'd been like the neighborhood watering hole and place where people go, and people were not able to like survive. So she basically said, like, if something doesn't change, it'll just be a ghost town and there'll be nothing there because everybody will just leave.
0: So the town was only there because people live there to support the plant. Well, I think
1: it's been for quite some time because there's railroad tracks. Like, I think it's always been around kind of extraction and boom and bust. So now it's bust. So out they go. And I'm like, it's a desert. It's close enough to, like, all these places. Like, let's put some solar panels up. Let's line this place with solar panels.
0: Yeah. Although it doesn't take all that many people to... No, but... Man them. No,
1: but there's. it does take some type of uh, qualified people to do the work.
0: Yes, of course. Well, and I'm sure that it would bring some jobs. You could bring a ginormous plant there, or Mm -hmm. farm, I believe they call them.
1: Farms. Farms. Farming the sun. Harvesting the sun.
0: Harvesting the sun. I like that
1: idea, the harvesting the sun. I think it sounds cool. Yeah. There's enough energy in the light that hits the earth every second. To power the whole earth. Electric needs. If we could harvest it all at one time. Yeah. But Spe- then it would be really cold.
0: Like oh. if we had some type
1: of like layer well, sure. to harvest it all, it would be too cold.
0: Sure. But we certainly could do a better job. Mm-hmm. And I know some... Our friends at Downstream Strategies just put up solar panels. A bunch of my friends have solar panels. They, it gets a little obsessive. They have those apps so you can like follow it. And...
1: Yeah, shout out to Delegate Evan Hansen. Yeah. You know, he's... He's talking the talk and walking the walk. Yeah. Investing money, putting solar panels on his roof, making his meter spin backwards. I drove by there yesterday and the sun's like beating on it. And I'm like, oh, awesome. yeah. Yeah. I'd like to watch that meter spin backwards.
0: Yeah, it's been a good week for it. Um, so, not to shift gears or say anything too depressing, but that's kind of the world we're living in right now.
1: Well, Sarah and I were talking on the elevator coming up here because we haven't been on in like a, a month, like four yeah. weeks maybe. And it's amazing. When you take a step back for a month and think about all the different bad things that have yeah. happened just in the last month. And I bet you if you took a step back farther and said, look at all the things that have happened in the last two months. You know, and, and like keep going back. It's just bad after bad after bad. It's yeah. just so much bad.
0: Yeah, it's almost like my mind. So we were at a meeting last night with some like-minded folks. And like my mind, like I knew there was so much bad. But my mind actually blanked because...
1: Mm-hmm. It's, it's
0: like overwhelming the amount of terribleness that's been been, been happening and mm-hmm. like frustration and anger and also like confusion and ap- apathy is not really the right word. It's
1: outrage fatigue.
0: Yeah. There's oh, only yeah. so
1: many things you can be upset about yeah. before. And I think that's by design. I think they're doing it on purpose. Just throw a bunch of bad stuff at you and then you're like, oh, I'm powerless to do anything.
0: Right. Right. Like and it's just like this was the example that that I gave again when we were coming up on the elevator. But earlier this week, um, Trump had an I want an executive order to basically allowing federal contractors to discriminate based on basically anything, Mm -hmm. as long as they say it's religious. But they don't have to, like, prove that it's a religious, like viewer conviction so it could be like pregnancy if you're like a woman like obviously if you are part of the lgbtq community so
1: or basically anything or basically if it's anything. part of your religious if it's part belief, of your religion, you can discriminate on people and fire them and
0: right and so like but that is hasn't even risen to the top of anything like i saw a headline but we're going you know we have to deal with um you know obviously issues with Um, these ICE raids, we have the gun control issue, we have like every other day it seems like there's a new you know, mass shooting it's, anyway.
1: If we could talk about the ICE raids for a little bit, so nationally the big story in the last like week or whatever was the Mississippi raid at that chicken processing plant where ICE went and took over 600 people at once and
0: and this was a roundup, like they didn't it was like indiscriminate.
1: Half of those people were U.S. citizens but they still got rounded up. So it was basically like we don't have a warrant for a person. We don't have – we're just going, we're going right. to grab a bunch of people and then just see what happens. And to you know, to those people who are like, oh, well, if they weren't doing anything wrong, they should just you know go along with it and do what the ICE people tell them and it will all work out in the end. Like where is this thought about like government tyranny? Like if right. they can do it to those U.S. citizens, guess what? They can do it to you. It's just a matter of time before you're on their list. And I, people say, oh, that's hyperbole. I don't think it is.
0: No, it's a, it's, it's a slippery slope like anything. And if, if you are apathetic and if you don't care and if you say, well, that's their problem, well, eventually they become you. Like, there is – that is not an impossibility. And this is all happening closer to home. So – um, within the last 24 hours, um, here in Morgantown, there's been word that there were, um, there was several ice raids in and around the area.
1: Yep. My so, wife went to the one restaurant near our house that we go to, like, every now and again, and it was closed on a Wednesday night. She was a like, Mexican that's, restaurant. Yeah. She's like, oh, that's weird. I wonder why it was closed on Wednesday night. Maybe it was like a health, you know, health county health department or something, and then we see all these things about, oh, ICE went to all the, raided all the Don Patron restaurants and took seven people into custody, and now the kids are here without their parents. I'm like, I bet you that's what it was.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Right, and school's starting next week. I mean, you're going to have these poor, like, who knows what, I mean, honestly, like, none of this has been reported on. So, like, full disclosure, this has been Like, part of the rumor mill, although there is some—I want to say there's been—I mean, there's been enough people talking about it that it's a very high probability that this did happen. And so based on, you know, those facts, we've got to assume that there are—you know, there's obviously—there are going to be relatives. There's going to be family. There's going to be children. We have school starting next week. We're going to have these—I mean, that video of that girl crying about her parents is— Frankly, I mean, frankly, I couldn't watch it because I knew that it would just tear me apart. Um, but that's what's happening here locally. I mean, it's not, it's not just at those plants in Mississippi. It's, it's going to no. happen everywhere.
1: It makes me ashamed, like, of, of who we are of, or what, who we are at this moment in time. Someone I know said that at their job, part of their procedure is people have to show ID to get the services that they provide. And if someone for whatever reason doesn't have an ID, then the people who work there are like they go into investigative mode, especially if the person's not white. Like they're like, we need to why don't they have an ID? We should we should find out why they don't. And we should and it's like, you're getting paid eight fifty an hour, Karen. <laughs> like you're not an investigator and what what do you like what do you care? It's like we're turning people into I just hate it. I hate I hate it.
0: Well, and it's also, I mean, this is a slight pivot, but the, just like the, the ethos kind of where we are in the country, like every other day, also, you see these stories of these vigilantes who are taking it upon themselves to like pull guns on innocent people who are, I mean, the other, the, this, one of the headlines I saw recently was a, you know, a team, a football team doing a fundraiser, and this, You know, white woman who pulls her gun out and tells them to. Holds him at gunpoint. Yeah. I mean, what? How is this a thing that's happening?
1: That's called uh, fundraising while black.
0: Yeah. Fundraising Um, while black.
1: Also, like, I saw one where a guy was standing outside while being black.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. A woman called the police and said, This man looked at me and I feel threatened. So here's the part I struggle with with that. And I know it's a pivot, but. When the police get called for that.
0: How do they even, why do they even come?
1: Why do they even come? They should have a responsibility to ask that person, like, to, to gain some type of uh, reasonable suspicion to make contact with that person. They they sh- It shouldn't be on them. And then next thing you know, they're there, and there's, like, five policemen. Like, to me, that should be over. Like, hi, sir, we got a call to be here. I'm doing my job. How are you? And the guy says, did I do anything wrong? Am I free to go? And they say, Yeah, you're free to go. I did my job, you did your job, be on your way. But it's never that
0: Well how those people well, are. Well that's doing like that... a huge waste of resources and what if there is an actual problem and the police are responding to something so
1: and, and shout out, there is a woman there who was the owner of the restaurant. And I forget the name of the restaurant, but she basically came out to be like an observer and to stand there next to this guy. And basically, I mean, the police were just saying, like, look, we got a call. We had to come, whatever. And this woman was like, if it were me standing outside, nobody would even call the police on me. You're here because he's black. This woman who's sitting in her car over there called the police like this. This shouldn't be happening, but it happens all the time.
0: Well, we have a listener asking, "How do we get people to care about this?" Um, I mean, that's the struggle. There's no, um, there's no good answer. I think having acknowledging that, like, yes, there is like compassion and frustration fatigue, but we have to keep a little of of it. I think we have to keep having conversations. and we have to. We also. I also think like we, here we are like talking about all the terrible. I think there are. We do have to lift up the stories and the voices of, of stories that do are contrary mm, to this, um, and recognize that there are people standing up for it. For example, there was um, a group of individuals who were um, at an ice facility who were protesting, and one of the guards, like, slammed into them. Okay, so that is terrible, but there were a back group of people who were protesting and who were standing up and who were voicing their concerns and frustrations. Um, so, like, that is a good thing, right? Like, there are people, things are um, happening, right? Um, there s-
1: are, but people got their Legs broken from being run over by a guy and nothing happened to him. They're like, oh, go on your way. Well, he's on leave. But, yes, they did let him. He's on paid leave? He got a vacation for running people over. Fuck that guy. (laughs) Yeah. You don't get a vacation. They shoot somebody. You get a paid vacation while we investigate. Have a good day. Have a good couple weeks off. Mm -hmm. Go to the beach. And you'll give you your job when you come back. And if we happen to fire you, you go next town over and get a job there and nobody will care.
0: Right. Right.
1: I can't do that as a teacher. That shit follows me all over the place. You get an FBI check, you you don't get a job somewhere else. Shoot somebody and kill them at the police department or run somebody over. Eh, no problem. But there are good things. What are the good things? There are, Tell me something, people, Sarah. Tell me.
0: There are people who are... Tell me. Doing, I mean, I told you one thing. Yes, there was somebody who ran it. I mean, there are... For example, like, in our community, because Mm -hmm. there are... Again, these are all reactions against the terrible. So that is, like, the hard thing. Mm -hmm. But on um, Saturday, the... Well, that's tomorrow. So the 17th at 11, um, there is a... um, There's going to be a... What is it called? It's not a protest. It's not a vigil. What is it? Gathering? Rally. Rally. um, For Moms Man Action about... um, finally getting some sort of gun control measure Uh, I mean anything literally anything would be better than the nothing burger (laughs) the nothing that we have so you know if this, this so it's going to be in Morgantown at the courthouse square if you are around apparently it's really important that even just even if you just have like 10 or 15 minutes just swing by And be a body because it just shows that people care it's going to help the group to get resources in the state to help lobbying for um, a lot of honestly for just keeping what we have i mean it's not it's probably not going to be proactive in getting us more gun control measures in the state it's going to be um, about preventing something like campus carry again from being raised up Um, but i did want mike i've heard this story a couple times but i think it's helpful I think it's a good anecdote for the listeners about, like, the story about the NRA recently. Mm. So, like, two weeks ago we had, or a week ago, we had the two mass shootings that were back-to-back. We went mm. to bed, and there was one. We woke up, and there had been two. It was, I mean, it was within, like, six hours of one another, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, dozens of people died. And what um, has been the NRA's response?
1: So I got a call, and I was expecting a call from someone else. So it was an unknown number, which I usually don't answer, but I did And it was a woman who was doing, well, so it started by saying she's doing research for the National Rifle Association, and they're doing a survey. And it started with saying, what type of gun regulations would you support to stop maniacs from going into Walmarts and shooting people? Um, So that's how it started. And then when I said, um, when the NRA starts to actually support these things, then I would be willing to listen. And I said that I used to be an NRA member. And I stopped being one uh, somewhere in after the Sandy Hook um, shooting when the NRA said we will fight every type of gun law or new gun regulation. So it it pivoted quickly from them actually asking me about what type of laws I would support or changes into them pitching me to become a member again and donate money. So I realized pretty quickly, like, this wasn't really research. It was just them fundraising off of shootings, mass shootings, and appealing to gun owners to their fear that somebody's going to come try to take their guns. And the NRA is the only group that can do anything about it, so you should give us money because our powers and our numbers and our money. And I thought it was pretty disgusting, and I told them that. Mm. And the main... I wound up having a nice conversation with the woman, and I, I talked about the reasons for why I was a member and why I'm not, and that I support along with 80% or 90% of people in the country, um, reasonable laws that would um, maybe keep the guns out of crazy people's hands, uh, such as universal background checks, which Senator Manchin, along with Senator Toomey, uh, are trying to bring back up. Uh, but the NRA fights that, every single one of those, as, you know, this, it's a slippery slope. If we make you do background checks, then what's next? And I'm like, I don't know. You stop a crazy person from getting a gun? Doesn't sound
0: like a bad idea to me. It doesn't sound
1: like a bad idea to me either. The fact that I could sell somebody a gun out in the parking lot and not have to ask them any questions and take cash for it. And that doesn't there's nothing that stops that from happening to me is crazy. Um, I don't understand the objections to that, but I think it's just it's about having that power. So they just they're the group that fights everything now. And I told them when they stop doing that, I will consider uh, being a member again. Um,
0: okay, this is you. What does a background check? I mean, I think obviously I think it's a good idea. What would it catch if you commit have committed a crime? So, uh,
1: I think well, and you can't own, or if it's something that's preventing you from owning a gun, essentially. And I think there's you? I think there's only three things you can be adjudicated mentally ill, although. The Trump administration, one of the first things they did, it was like an executive order. So it didn't change that rule. It just basically said, we're not going to enforce this part of it. Okay, right. If you're a convicted felon or you have an outstanding uh, protection from abuse or an active protection from abuse order. Okay. So that's basically it. Okay. But if we remember, when I first moved to Morgantown, there was this story with the tow truck driver. His name was Jody Hunt, I believe, who felt like he was getting unfairly treated by the county and dispatching tow truck calls. And it was predicated by his ex-wife dating some other guy. So he went and shot, my numbers could be off, two people from an opposing tow truck service, his ex-wife or ex-girlfriend, her new boyfriend, and then himself. Schools were on lockdown, whatever. He was a convicted felon. He had no business owning that gun. He wasn't allowed to. But the guy who sold him the gun did not break the law because he was under no legal obligation to ask him. Like, if he would have known, if, he, if this man would have said, hey, I'm a convicted felon, I'm not allowed to go buy a gun from a store, will you sell me this gun? Then he's not allowed to. But if he just sells the gun, there's nothing illegal about that. I could go on Facebook and Craigslist, all these, eBay, none of those sites you're allowed to sell guns. I could go on Facebook Marketplace right now, and I could show you dozens, if not hundreds, of gun cases, right? So they're selling a gun case...
0: Oh, and then you show up. It's a they're... gun
1: case of the gun, Taurus gun case. Uh, message me for details. I message them. He tells me what he has. We go meet somewhere. I buy a he gun. He sells it. Right now, is that going to stop crazy people? That's that, so. That's the argument. Is that going to stop people from buying guns? No. People, will, there's 300 million guns in our country, right? Right. So if there's you want to buy be, a gun, you're going to find market. a gun. <laughs> but with with this tow truck driver bought that gun from that man. That man who sold him the gun is a law-abiding, regular gun person. He would not have sold that guy. He would have said, hey, we have to go to, this, to a gun store and get a background check. And that would have showed he was a convicted felon and he wouldn't have bought that gun. So it would have stopped him from buying that gun that day. And Trevor Noah made a good, a, a good angle on it. And he basically talked about our cars, like guns, and that we have speed bumps. And he said, we don't know why people speed. People speed because they're late. People speed. Whatever. They speed. So in areas where people have got hit by cars or neighborhoods or schools, we put in speed bumps in the road, right? We just say, we don't know why you speed. You have a car. We're going to we're going to put these things in the road to make it harder for you to speed. Is that going to stop all people from speeding? No. But it's going to stop some people from speeding. And to me, I think it's a great analogy for what mm-hmm. we have going on.
0: Right. It won't... It, it's not like you can throw up your hands and say... Like... For people that want more, like, yes. But we can't, we have to take what we can get right now.
1: Right. And, and I also would like to share, because it's a common, you might hear this when you're talking with people who, if you're talking about this issue, who are like adamant, uh, whatever the word is, gun rights supporters, which, I, anyway, they'll say, well, what about Chicago? Chicago has the strictest gun laws in the country, but they have the highest rate of gun crime. And, and homicides. So that shows you that gun laws don't work. Look at Chicago. Look at Baltimore. Look at Philadelphia, right? And I say, let's look at Chicago and Baltimore and Philadelphia. In Chicago, six or more out of ten guns that are committed in crimes or murders, any crimes, are brought there illegally from another state, right. mostly Indiana.
0: Right. They're all straw man sales. And
1: there's no federal law that prohibits people from doing that. There's there's no enforcement for a trafficking law. It it has to be done at the state level. And if the state chooses not to do it, they can't do it. So I can go to the store. I can buy a gun. I can drive to a place that doesn't allow gun sales and sell that to somebody. Now, if that person uses it in the commission of a crime, they're breaking the law. But if there's no state law preventing that, there's just guns there. So Chicago and Philadelphia and Baltimore show why... We need to have some type of of federal enforcement of these laws. Right. And to me, and this is me speaking as a gun owner, and I told this to the NRA, the people who have the power to change reasonable, to, to enact reasonable gun legislation is the NRA. It's people like me. It's people like my friends who own guns. They have to be able to realize that nobody's coming for their guns. Nobody's trying to stop them from buying a gun. Nobody's trying to stop them from owning a gun or ammunition or any of those things. We're trying to stop people who shouldn't have guns in their hands from having guns in their hands. And the people who have the power to do that, it's not the people on the left. It's not the people who think guns are bad and the, the big scary black guns. It's the people who are gun owners, and they have the power to do that. And right.
0: If more people would cancel their membership to the NRA, if more people would have conversations. I mean, that lady was probably just some sort of, you know, she was paid $12 an hour to have at some telemarketing firm. But regardless, if if more people, like you're saying, will stand up or or if people, you know, on – if people just make, make the phone call, show up to rallies, write letters, write op-eds, just – it, it, yes, I agree with you. It is about the gun owners. It's going to be about other people who are just frustrated as well. that's true. Well.
1: It's yeah. not just about I, I shouldn't say but, it like that. But right now, but, they have the organized power yes, and money to lobby. I mean, it is lobby.
0: The, the NRA Is obviously has this like chokehold over so many people in the state but uh, I in will, the country. I will rather.
1: say, though, that I think based on some things that I'm seeing is at this moment in time, I do feel as though they're – I don't want to say losing, but I don't think that their position is as strong as it used to be because I'm seeing things like, oh, if you want to do background checks on guns, let's do background checks on illegal immigrants who are here. So it's like they're going away from this thing about guns and they're making it about racism, you know, which is like a lower kind of form of argument. I think it's, it's appealing to people's like primal nativist
0: Wait, say that again. I don't know that.
1: The argument they're trying to make is, oh, you want universal background checks for all guns? Then let's do background checks on everybody. Oh, like just just on in everybody. general? Let's go ID everybody. That's weird. Or you don't want you I heard you that. fight against voter ID laws. So why do you want to why do you want to check people's IDs for voting but not for buying a gun? Like they're, oh, they're oh, like oh, pivoting oh, I see. because right?
0: They're making these weird false equivalences yep. that occurs all the Which time. Right now, lends me to
1: believe right now they're not discourse. on. And let's I mean. Philadelphia just had a shooting where police officers were involved, and they had, like, 50 policemen there, and it took them hours to take this guy out.
0: Yeah, so people were injured. Well, and you do have—so you have the Chicagos and Baltimores, but you also have—I know, uh, for some reason, Connecticut's popping to mind, which, granted, is not like this— you know bastion no. of guns but they did make stricter regulation they passed stricter laws and lo and behold um gun violence did go down in the state so it, it's not like this is some fantasy or dilute you know you know it obviously if we change our laws then the violence will decline now we we have another listener who's who's pointing out that a lot of these recent uh, mass shootings have been by white supremacists. And that's obviously a much more challenging um, issue to confront that won't, you know, gun regulations won't change. Um, Again, like, how do we make people care? How do we, you know—this goes back to some of those other conversations about how do you get people to care or change their mind. I mean, that is a much— Bigger issue that, sadly, we will not... Probably... Well, we won't ever solve. Um But we do have an election coming up in a year. So...
1: Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord.
0: Hopefully, something will happen then.
1: We have to have a change. <laughs> we have to have a change. If another not, four it's years. Time to, I
0: can't imagine. It's
1: time to go to New Zealand.
0: I can't imagine another four years of this. I mean... It's exhausting. It's it's terrifying what's happening to our country.
1: I did see something that made me laugh out loud. There was a uh, there's a report that scientists are saying they believe that the the first person to live 150 years has already been born. Okay. You know, cause longevity is sure. Key. And somebody in the comments said, "Please let it be Ruth Bader Ginsburg." That <laughs> 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 made me laugh. I thought that was good.
0: That's. Oh, my God, yes. I finally watched that documentary over the summer, RBG, and, Mm -hmm. oh, she is, man, I didn't realize how, like, what a brilliant architect she was for um, all those court cases that helped, you know, pave the way for, I mean, that really brought, that brought, like, feminism, women's, rights mm-hmm. obviously it brought us a lot of what we have today not that we don't still have ways to go but oh my god if I I, I can't imagine if she dies while Trump's president I will <laughs> it's gonna be horrifying she's not going to die no she's... she will live to be 150. she might be if she person. survived like cancer twice she can't mm-hmm. die
1: no she's going to die
0: not her I will Ruth if you need like any body parts I think mine are all healthy you can have not my heart. I don't want to die. I, like, I won't give up my life for you. But if you need a kidney, you can only live with, right?
1: <laughs> yes. But you think you think your liver's okay to give it to her?
0: <laughs> what do you mean?
1: Well, you only have one, so you can't give her the whole thing. You give her a piece of it. Yeah, you can have that. a
0: piece of my liver.
1: <laughs> Are you sure it's safe?
0: Probably. Maybe
1: not this Man, way. I want to go pet that dog. Is that a therapy dog? It looks like it. I'm going to go pet yeah. it. Yeah. Look at him. It's yeah.
0: Just like, yep. Tell me about you. Let's end on a nice note. Tell yeah. me what about your awesome dog.
1: Man, Frank's cool. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Frank's a good boy.
0: My, he just likes stuff. Yeah, and you're Frank really made my kids dog lovers, which I actually shouldn't thank you for because now they want a mm-hmm. dog.
1: Frank will do that.
0: But yeah, I mean, I I don't really want a pet, but I do like Frank. Part of my fear is that I would get a pet not like Frank.
1: We got totally lucky because he's just calm. And he's happy, and he likes doing stuff. And uh, he, but he could be crazy, and I could hate him. I could say like I hate having this dog, but he's just great.
0: Right? He could bark.
1: He barks sometimes. Usually it's at something though. He uh, he did fall out of a raft. We were rafting this weekend, and he likes the water, but he's not like a huge. He doesn't do it because he has, like he wants to. He falls Right, he jumped to
0: shore when he got too close. So he was
1: standing up on top, like a goat would stand on top of a rock, right? And he's standing there, and we like doink this rock, and he just falls out. We're like, all right, Frank. And he like takes a couple swims towards us, and then we were getting farther away, and he's like, screw you guys, and like turn, and was just like, went to shore, then just stood there, shook off, and we went and picked him up, and he just jumped back in and was like, all right, that was fine.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah. I've seen him do stuff where... Kids are at my house, and people, something happens, and they're, like, crying and freaking out. And, like, he goes over to them and, like, just, like a therapy dog would. That's what, you know, and, like, gets in their face and is wagging his tail and licking their face. And then they're, like, all better. It's like he knows. He's like, hey, pet me. I'll make you feel better.
0: That's awesome.
1: And Frank's really good. I wish I could post pictures on the live feed, but you can't. He's really good at sleeping. We have all, a lot well, of pictures. you can put a little
0: picture up on the camera.
1: Yeah, we have a lot of pictures. Everyone of- should see Frank. Of him sleeping, cause he he like plays really hard, and then he gets tired, and he's really good at sleeping. Oh, here, this is a good one. There's Frank. i gonna show it. There's Frank with this pillow. Aww. Look at him. Frank the Tank.
0: From a non-animal person. Yeah, for I
1: Sarah like Frank. to say like, yeah. he's cute.
0: Yeah, he's a cool dog.
1: Frank. Oh, here. You wanna see what I look like as a fifth grader? <laughs> <laughs> Look at
0: that guy. That gel guy. in his hair and everything. I remember I used to put... I I used Look to put, at that. i get
1: my hair wet, i put a little gel in it, and it was long enough, and I'd just, like, shake it back and forth, and it would stand up a little bit. I thought I looked pretty cool, to nice. be honest. Nice. Come on!
0: Yeah! No, you got all fancy for your school photo.
1: I got a shirt with a collar nice. on. Nice.
0: Look at you. Yep. Yeah, I mean... Pets, uh, again, I'm not a pet person. I only bring this up again because, like, everyone needs to feel okay and safe and good these days. And if you're, if it's for you, it's an animal, awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's, like, chocolate, go for it. If it's alcohol, just know when to stop. I don't advocate for... Yep. Over. Indulging. But we all need to keep ourselves healthy and
1: Yeah, take care of yourself. Take care of each other.
0: Yeah. Yeah, take care of each other. That's true, too. You can do it. All right. Be well. What do, is that Have what a it? good life. Have... <laughs> Love it. The new Activist on the Block is recorded at the WVU Innovation Center.
1: The views expressed in this podcast do not represent the views of this center or West Virginia University.
0: Thanks to Lauren Anderson on accordion and Riley McNamara for mixing the podcast.